Thank you. Thank you. I must say, hey, have you all met Sharon? <laughs> She's my wife, my best friend, and uh, my defender. All right, <clears throat> I ha uh, it just kind of came in my heart while we were sitting over there worshiping that it'd be appropriate for Sharon and I to pray for marriages. And uh, I presume, presume for the most part, your marriages are strong and flourishing, and uh, nobody's marriage is uh, exempt from being better. And so we're not proposing to uh, pray that you have a Thank you, young man. <laughs> uh, but we want to pray for your marriages. So if you're married and you're here with your spouse, if you'd please just stand, we'd like to take the honor pray for you. Praise Hallelujah. the Lord. And feel free to okay. say or pray. Father, we just thank you that marriages right now are precious in your sight. You're doing a great thing in the earth through marriage through every avenue imaginable, you're at work. And Sharon and I agree together that the marriages represented here are flourishing, they are Christ-centered, they are filled with the love of God, both for God and for one another. And we thank you for them being a bright light in their neighborhoods, in their families, in their communities, in their church, and in the nation. Thank you for them. In Jesus' name, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. And you know what? I'm just going to add this. Father, we speak a blessing. Yes. We speak a blessing over them. And, Father, that which the enemy has meant for evil, that you will turn that. Thank you, God. And you will cause it to be woven into the tapestry of their marriage and their lintage, their legacy as a, as a strong point instead of a weak point. Yes. Because you are the master builder. You take you, that Father. which looks like it was an entrance for the enemy and you make it a strong point of which they can deliver others. Yes. And so, Father, we speak over these marriages the peace of God that passes all understanding. Thank you, Father. Father, we anoint the doorposts of their households with peace. Yes. When they enter in, there is a peace that settles there that the enemy has no place because the peace of God rules in their hearts Thank you, Father. and in their minds. They set their minds like flint that God has ordained this marriage. We will fight for this marriage. We will overcome in this marriage and we will accomplish destiny in this marriage. Our offspring will flourish in the land, they will possess the land. Thank you, Father. And there will be no backing forth, no backing up, only advancing yes. in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 You're Amen. overcomers. Look at your spouse and say, we're overcomers. We're overcomers. Oh, we are. Yes. And you can kiss them too. Give them a kiss. Seal it with a kiss. All Come right. on, you guys. Always good to seal it with a kiss. Yes, it is. Yeah. Don't get me started. Did you want me to do anything else? Are you good? Are you still talking about a kiss? 
What are you talking about? <laughs> no, that's good. Thank okay. you. <laughs> Man. Praise the Lord. How many of you like stories? Especially if they're true. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I've been wrestling with this ever since before uh, Pastor Mark last week told me what to talk about. <laughs> I kind of knew, uh, but <clears throat> it's always good to get information from headquarters. But anyway, uh, and uh, in 40 years, you know, you gather a lot of material, and you can't share it all in a couple of sessions. I mean, I could try, but I'm not even going to try. But I just felt like, I felt like, number one, there needs to be some words said regarding faith, and then as I talked to Pastor Mark a week or so ago, last week, I guess, that uh, that was the theme of the anniversary celebration from faith to faith and glory to glory. And so I want to just, I want to I tell our story in a little bit more detail and a little bit further back than, than some of you have probably heard before. But um, what I want to do, I don't want to just talk about me. That's not the point. The point is our faith is in God. And our God, our God has gotten us to this point. And that's all God has to work with is us. Everybody say, poor God. <laughs> but he has managed to instill within us, all of us together, and all of his kids everywhere. It's not just new creation. It's everywhere. He has managed to instill in us a measure of himself, a measure of his grace, a measure of his uh, mercy, and a measure enough for us to be empowered to do his will and want to do it. Isn't that wild? It's absolutely astounding. And so as I talk this morning, uh, I, I do not intend, nor do I ever want uh, any of what I say, and I may slip up and say it wrong, but I do not in, want anything that I say to, look, to, to reflect back on anything I've done Sharon and I have done things, but we could not have done anything without His grace. And neither can you. Praise the Lord. So, uh, <clears throat> I, I kind of I start this story. It started much earlier than this, but I thought I'm going to have mercy on these people uh, and just start it <clears throat> in the 70s. <clears throat> But you, how many of you know Pastor Bill Bierman and his wife, Ginger? You all know them, or at least you've heard of them. They, they are Sharon and I's pastors. They currently live over in Buena Vista, Colorado. And in fact, we're going to be over there uh, next week, I guess, uh, or two weeks, for a prayer summit. And um, my story kind of starts uh, with him. I wasn't in his church, did not want to be in his church, didn't like him nor his church, even though I didn't know anything about him or his church, I'd never met him. You just hear things, you know, living in a small town, and uh, we'd heard things. They, back then, were that church. <laughs> and so I was, uh, I, I had a, uh, a guy that I worked for, and we were kind of partners, and we were building houses, and we'd do an occasional side job, and somehow God, somehow God got my partner Gary a job doing, doing some uh, flat work for, the, for Bethel Assembly as, as they were adding on to their church because they were growing. And so I 
uh, was there working with my partner, finishing the concrete, that the sidewalk that we'd poured. I was just doing the edging. And I noticed I could hear, you know how you can kind of hear people before you can see them uh, when they're sneaking up on you? And uh, Brother Beerman was sneaking up on me. And so I hear him coming. The next thing I know, across from my finish work, there's a pair of boots, and I knew who it was, and I didn't even know him. The fear of God <laughs> was at work in me. And <clears throat> he goes, Craig, is that you, Craig? I didn't know him. And I just kept, Craig, are you still taking pills? And he got my attention because I was at that time still taking pills. But um, to hear that from a pastor, I had no idea what he was talking about. Are you taking pills? I looked at him and lied. No, I'm not. <laughs> and he said, well, I have one here for you. I thought, this guy is weird. <laughs> and out of his wallet, he, he pulled what he called a gospel. It's a little track on a, on a, on, in a comic book format. I still have it today. It's in my, I, I was going to bring it and wave it at you, but it's so small you couldn't have seen it, but I couldn't find it anyway. It's in my stuff somewhere. And um, he said, well, here, I'd like you to have a gospel. Handed it to me and walked away. Well, I looked at it, and it was just a gospel track. You know, the basic Jesus came to pay for your sin. You may not have uh, sinned yourself, but you were born into sin, and you need a Savior to redeem you into relationship with God. Okay, great, thanks. Uh, I had been raised in a Christian church, and so I knew the story. And uh, actually, I believe that I got born again in that first Christian church, but nobody taught me what that meant. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have any revelation. I didn't have any, any teaching of any sort. And so I believe that I was uh, at that, that point that I had the encounter of Brother Behrman still alive because I had gotten saved and God was protecting me. I, I reflect on that frequently. So anyway, it wasn't long after that, uh, I was... Uh, let me just make this quicker because I can tell I'm already going to take too long. It wasn't too long after that I met Sharon at a secular drinking party. <laughs> she was not drinking. Were you? Okay. <laughs> and as I, I was sitting there and she walked by and on the inside of me a voice said, she's going to be your wife. First of all, I thought, groovy. <laughs> remember, the, remember the decade we're talking about. <clears throat> remember, Dan, groovy. Some of you are too young. God bless you. But, <clears throat> but she's, been, she's been a looker from then until now. Praise the Lord. So I was happy to hear that, but it was really puzzling. Where did that come from? Who, what? I'd never experienced anything like that. Uh, and as we all know, it was the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. So one thing led to another. We got married. <laughs> and then we had that encounter with Pastor Brown. How many of you, some of you are from his, from his church way back then. How many of you know of or remember Pastor James Brown here in... in uh, Glenwood and surrounding area. Great. He was a great guy. Loved God. 
And uh, he, uh, he was really instrumental in getting us here. And my, my point tonight, we're going to look at some verses in Hebrews in just a moment, but my point tonight is to help you understand more about faith. And what, what I feel like the Lord put in my heart was to illustrate people along the way that use their faith and they didn't, I don't think most of them even knew what they were doing, but they used their faith to move God's plan down the tracks. Yeah. Praise the Lord. And as, as, we, as the sharp-looking guy in the video explained, uh, <laughs> where'd he go? But, um, but as he explained, all we wanted to do was follow God. We didn't have any great aspirations. We had r- literally no aspirations uh, as far as what that looked like, we just knew that we wanted to follow God and weren't really looking to start a church by any stretch of the imagination. And so when that Bible study turned into a b- large bunch of people and uh, Bruce Porter said, well, you ought to, why don't you start a church? I thought, that's a good idea. So we just did. And all of this, you know, one of the things that, that I learned at uh, at uh, the Raymond Bible Training Center where Sharon and I attended was how to be led by the Spirit. I really got a hold of that message. And, and I just, from the moment I got that message and, and from the time that I started speaking with other tongues, I yielded myself as much as I could to the leading of the Spirit. And He's led me wonderfully ever since. He's never misled me once. I have misled myself a couple of times, but He's never misled me. I've questioned, what are you doing? But it's always turned out. He is a faithful helper, a faithful guide. Praise God. And so uh, in that interview, it didn't, I didn't tell it all in that story, and I feel like it's important that you know this. I want to honor him. I want to honor his memory. I told him our background. I told him we just graduated from Raymond Bible Training Center. We're going to move here. I was going to get married and move here and go into the ministry, which just came out of my spirit. I hadn't planned. I hadn't even really thought in those concepts, but it came out of my spirit, and I said it, and I couldn't take it back, so I just went with it. (laughs) And then the next thing I know, he's hiring me to be his youth pastor. And then the next thing I know after that, he's apologizing for uh, not believing in what we would probably be teaching and because he didn't agree with it, but somehow he just feels like God's wanting him to hire us, hire me. We weren't married yet. That's a, that, I believe, is a gift of faith and manifestation to help get us here, using somebody that didn't even believe what we were going to be teaching. And we went on to be their youth pastor for a while, and, and we left there on good terms and uh, we got hooked up with a faith church up in Aspen, Bruce and Claudia Porter. And we left there, and we'd run into Brother Brown every now and then and sit down and have a meal with him or chat with him, and had, we had a great relationship. So there was no ill will between us. We made a point not to have any of that in any uh, separating circumstances that we would end up in. We weren't planning to have them, but you don't, you're not in ministry very long before they happen if you're not careful. Anyway, so we did that. And then uh, we, you know, you've already heard the story of having an interview with Mark, but what isn't 
communicated, I don't think sufficiently, is the faith that it took Pastor Mark after we rejected him to go ahead and come and after the second rejection, come anyway. Because he called, and I remember it just like it was yesterday. Say, hey, this is Mark Bentliff. Oh, yeah, how you doing? Hey, I'm going to be coming up there. Oh, great. We'll be, it'll be good to see you. Come by and see us. Well, I'm going to move there. Well, that's good, but there's nothing here for you. There's no position. I, that's the exact words. I said, there's no position. We filled that position. Oh, that's fine. I, I just feel like God's called me up there. Now, that's a gift of faith to come when you're rejected. Now, we weren't rejecting him, but you understand. We I've tried to make it clear that uh, we're not in the hiring mood. <laughs> so he came, and he was just a blessing. He'd do everything, anything there was to do, just a great help, great support, a great friend. And we did a lot of stuff together. We skied together. We snow skied together. Went through a concussion with him together. He doesn't remember it, of course. But, <laughs> but we, we got to know one another, and we became knit together <clears throat> by the Spirit. Praise the Lord. And always will be. Glory to God. Glory to God. This church was birthed by faith. Not just my faith, not just Sharon's faith, not just Mark's faith. Brother Behrman had faith in us to send us out from Burlington. He was losing people. that He had a slug of Rama. He had 11 people, individuals, go to Rama out of his church in one year, and then a bunch followed the next year. And it took faith on his part to sow those people into ministry and not want to just keep them and, and have them work in his church. But he believed in us and, and cast us out, <laughs> set us forth. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so faith, you know, uh, the word of faith has uh, gotten much unjust, uh, what do you call it, uh, Press, unjust, uncalled for, untrue press. Kenneth Hagin has been smeared from one side of the country to the other, un, improperly and unjustly. But I, I have to tell you, it's because of what he taught me and what people that he taught taught me that I'm still alive today standing here. Praise God. Because without the message of the word of faith, that you can have what you say, a lot of you wouldn't be here. This church wouldn't be here. But it's a biblical message. And there's some, there have been, and, and those are fading away, thank God. But uh, everywhere I go, and, and in Salt Lake, it wasn't, it, Salt Lake was not a bastion of word of faith when we went there, I'm telling you. <laughs> Lord have mercy. They're, they have been, they've caught up, but they, they were behind in a lot of things, and one of the things that they were behind in is repenting of being uh, unkind to word of faith people. But that's all good now. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> but... Uh, 
I have noticed an, a, a remarkable thing in Salt Lake, even though they say they don't embrace word of faith. I know a lot of pastors. I have very good friends, a lot of pastors that I'm very good friends with. We hang out together. We cry and laugh together. Drink beer. Oh, no, we don't do that. But. <laughs> I, the reason I even say that is because some of them do, but it's their choice. Anyway, it's, <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> and what I've noticed, Brother Hagin was told by God, by Jesus, go teach my people faith. That's what he told him. And I've noticed everywhere I've gone, you can hardly go into any kind of church and not hear somebody, usually the minister, on some level, teach the word of faith. Now, it may not sound exactly like you and I are familiar with it, but it is taught. It is seeped into every crevice and every crack and every opening all around the world. It is a message that God has seen fit to make sure populates the planet. Praise the Lord. So... Thank God to, for you guys that you're a participant of what God is doing. And I think that it, uh, it shouldn't have to be said, but it goes, uh, it's so clear and so plain to me that the, the shape that the, our country and our world and just life in general is in right now, uh, as far as a religious doctrine is concerned, there is no more helpful thing than the word of faith. And people are waking up to the reality that we have got to believe that there is a God. Now, let's go to the book of Hebrews real quick. When, when, what time am I, uh, would you like me to be done, truthfully? It won't, I'll be done at 7.30. Now, I'm really good at this, right, Natalie and Jeremy? No, I'm going to do my best. <clears throat> God, you're going to have to help me. <laughs> Anytime I say I'm going to do my best, everybody cringes. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. I've got to find my... There it is. Praise God. Praise God. All right. Now, I'm just... I'm not going to look at my notes. The notes have no place anymore. We're going to look... At this scripture, go to Hebrews chapter uh, <clears throat> 11, right? A lot of verses in there. Oh. Now, faith, verse 1. We'll just go through the whole chapter real quick. No. <laughs> now, faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It takes faith to access what God has for us. It takes faith to access the grace God has for your life. It takes faith to access the blessings that God has for you that he's willingly handing out that are, that are already distributed on the table before us. It takes faith to access them. The evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand. 
Now, this is the phrase that the Holy Spirit has put in my heart to speak to you. By faith, we understand. How many of you don't understand some things in the kingdom? Anybody be brave enough to admit to that? I don't. <laughs> Hi, Brad. Uh, I've, we've just gone through things at the church in Salt Lake that I don't understand. I just, I, I'm just honest before God. I don't understand. But it doesn't affect my faith. It doesn't affect my belief in Him because I've found a secret, and it's right here in this verse, by faith we understand. So here's how the Lord said it to me. By your faith, you can understand what's un, what you don't understand. So God's not left us in the dark. He's not left us without a solution. He's not left us uh, in a, a position of not having understanding. And uh, here's how it works. This statement is so full of revelation, and I believe you get the revelation you need from this, not the revelation I have, but the revelation you need from this verse. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Now, our minds understand those words as I read them, right? We understand, okay, things that don't exist or, uh, uh, you know, things we can't see are made of things that we, uh, those are the things that make up what we do see. Oh, sure, that makes perfect sense. No, it doesn't. That makes any sense at all. Now, it does to us believers because we've, by revelation, we've come upon the understanding that the kingdom's, the substance, the tangibility of the kingdom is actually more real than this natural world. And what this natural world consists of is what the kingdom world is made of. We, we understand that. We've come to believe that. But we don't initially understand that unless we have faith in God. And so you're, you, uh, by faith, you'll understand what you don't understand. How many of you are sitting here tonight and there's something in your life you don't understand? Praise the Lord. Well, your faith in God will lead you into understanding that. Because here's the thing. God has made everything. He is the master creator. He, is the, he made the whole universe, not just the earth, but the whole universe. He made the earth for you so you could live on it because he made you to live on it. Praise the Lord. And let me just throw, you, throw in my uh, political two cents worth, if you don't mind. Crickets. <laughs> you know, we're all probably conservatives in here. I know you're not. You've been trained well. You're not going to blink. You're not going to nod. You're not going to twitch. You're just going to sit there. <laughs> but I know some things. But as conservatives, we need to get our act together and understand that we are still the stewards of the planet. And we are under a commission from Almighty God to take care of the gift of the planet that we're living on. Now, I'm not talking about crazy activism, activism that, you know, is beyond the pale. I'm talking about common sense stewarding the environment, common sense stewarding the gift that God has given us. 
okay, that's it for that. <clears throat> but, but I think we, we, we error, we get into fights that we shouldn't be in with people. Are you listening to me? Uh, uh, if the body of Christ would walk in love, we would find out that there are, both sides are about half right and half wrong at the same time. Or all three sides. How many, however many sides there are. It's very confusing. But through faith, I'll understand. <laughs> but nobody's all wrong. Let's just put it that way. Nobody's all wrong. Well, maybe one or two, but... Speaking of that, I do want to apologize on behalf of one of our senators from Utah. But <clears throat> this one, the other one's all right. Congressman's great. Anyway, praise the Lord. Just shut up and move on. Okay, thank you. Faith. I'm truly, you'd be shocked, but I truly am about done because I only have this one thing to communicate to you. <laughs> faith, do not put your faith in what God can do for you. Put your faith in him who can do everything for you. Your faith is in the blood of Jesus. Your faith is in the, cru the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. Your faith is in that God loved you so much that he sent Jesus to redeem you. Your faith is in God sent you a love letter called the Bible that will explain himself to you and bring revelation to you. Your faith is in Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of you and he's making alive our mortal bodies as we stand and sit here tonight. Our faith is in God God Almighty, not in what God Almighty can do. It's in Him. Why? Because He wants to love you, and He wants you to know that He loves you, and it takes faith to enter into that relationship. You can't do it intellectually. You have to access it by faith, by believing that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Those that come to God must believe that he is. That's the essence of faith. I believe that there is a God, and I'm coming to him right now. And you just come to him, and you talk to him. You don't, you don't get religious. You don't you know, act like a heathen in the morning, and then get religious at night. Oh, God in heaven. Just be yourself. He knows who you are. There is no conning God. Praise the Lord. There is no conning God. Thank you, Jesus. So, Father, tonight I pray. This is what Jesus prayed for Peter. Don't bow your heads. I didn't say bow your heads. <laughs> I might not be completely done. This is what Jesus paid, prayed for Peter because he knew Peter was going to deny him. He had a word of wisdom. Peter, you know, I know you think you're really something, but you've got some growing to do. And um, Jesus prayed this. I pray that your faith fail not, that when you return to me, he's confessing the beginning from the end. Jesus is releasing his faith when he says over Peter, you will return to me because remember what Peter did, he denied the Lord.
But Jesus prayed that his faith wouldn't fail and that when he returned to me, when you return to me, you will feed my sheep. You will fulfill my calling upon your life. That's what he prayed. And that's what I'm going to pray for us tonight, that our faith fail not. Because you may not be called to do what Peter did. You're not. Specifically, you may be in some cases generally, but not specifically. Only Peter was called to do what he did. So, Father, I pray for us tonight. I pray for all of us. And I ask that as we proceed from this moment forward in faith, believing that you are God and that Jesus is Lord and that the Holy Spirit is our helper and that your word is infallible, as we proceed from these bases of faith, that our faith fail not. And when we come to our senses, we'll have revelation about faith, about you, about ourselves, about what you've called us to be and called us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Well, that's a good message right there. Praise the Lord. Thank you very much. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is so good. <laughs> he says, I'm going to pray. We all.